everyone. I'm Jennifer Kennedy, the lead for quality at CHAP, and welcome to this month's CHAPcast. Today, I'm talking with Melinda Gabori from Healthcare Provider Solutions. Hi, hi, Melinda. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. So what I'd like to do is um, have our, our guest introduce themselves to our listeners. And, you know, if Melinda, if you could talk a little bit about yourself and what your role is at Healthcare Provider Solutions, uh, that would help our listeners know you a little bit better. <laughs> Sure. Um, I am CEO and co-founder of Healthcare Provider Solutions. I've been in the home health industry since 1991, Um, worked for several um, home care chains as well as consulting firms, and we started Healthcare Provider Solutions in 2001 um, and have focused specifically on home health and hospice since that time. I'm also a speaker for um, national home care and hospice associations, as well as multiple state home care and hospice associations, educating in um, primarily reimbursement-related uh, documentation-related medical review situations for home care and hospice. So, Melinda, you're you're on the circuit. I, I I've been on the circuit for many years. I'm surprised we haven't crossed paths before now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have worked, um, I've been with several um, CHAP, uh, including uh, Teresa Harbor, multiple times, but um, yeah. Well, absolutely. We're so glad to have you. So we're going to talk about leadership today. And, you know, leadership is not the same as it was, I'm sure, when you entered uh, the healthcare continuum in 1991 or even, you know, two years ago, three years ago. I think... um, the uh, pandemic had a huge impact on how leaders have to manage. But even if we didn't have a pandemic, the, just the simple changes from um, uh, calendar or fiscal year to fiscal year really um, impact how leadership has to pivot in order to lead a successful organization. So when we talk about leadership, um, leadership is leadership, or is that not fair to say? Is it is it something static? Is it something fluid? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> so there are multiple definitions of leadership. Um, sadly, some hold the title of leadership, but don't necessarily exude true leadership. Yeah. So I think um, leadership is defined as as truly leading and not only um, in title, but obviously in the day-to-day and um, being willing to roll up your sleeves and and do what you're asking of the people that you're leading, I think is is extremely important. Um, Not just saying it needs to be done, but being willing to do it yourself. Right. So walk the walk, essentially, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, you've, you've, I'm sure you, it sounds like you've been with many organizations as I have. And you're right. Not all leadership is, is good leadership. Um, one of the things that I think is absolutely essential in leadership today is access to data. So what are your thoughts on that one as well? Um, it is definitely, um, absolute necessity, um, that, leaders in home care and hospice have immediate 
um, and continuous access to data because they don't have time in the day to go find it themselves or to try to figure it out or to try to calculate it. So them having it at their fingertips um, is of vital importance and huge in the decisions that they have to make. Um, and as you stated earlier, the pandemic has amplified so many issues within healthcare nationwide, not just home care and hospice, but it is definitely uh, been impactful, um, especially when it currently relates to staffing issues and being able to um, staff the organization's uh, productivity measures. I mean, we could go on and on for hours about the data that's needed, <laughs> but how they would succeed without it um, is just beyond me. Yeah, I know. And there's so many different um, uh, data uh data sources out there to use and, um, you know, utilizing and knowing every one of them helps, I think, a leader be stronger and help their organization be more successful. But, you know, at any given time, um, let's say that you have CAP scores come in, whether they're home health or hospice, and those scores do uh, uh, trickle up to leadership. And it's something I'm sure that leaders pay attention to. But do, do you think leadership knows or needs to know exactly how that they arrived at that score? You know, HH CAPS um, and the CAPS Hospice Survey both are um, vitally important to the livelihood and um, public reporting aspect um, for quality outcomes for both home care and hospice. The HH CAPS for Home Health, however, has become even more significantly important in 2023 as the nationwide expansion of the home health value-based purchasing model has been rolled out. Um, a key component, in fact, 30% of the total performance score um, in the value-based purchasing model is based on the HH CAPS scores. And so being able to drill down into that HH CAPS data and understanding um, each of the elements that go into the five measures that are used in that calculation is significant. One of the things that we have discovered as agencies have become heightened aware of, it, of their impact on the value-based purchasing model is identifying within each organization what their process has been in educating their field staff mm -hmm. um, regarding this HHCAPS data. It has been mind-blowing to find how many agencies have not even educated field staff about the content of the HH CAPS data. And my philosophy is if the field staff don't even know the questions the patients are being asked, how in the world are they going to impact the results? And so um, leadership has definitely maybe not be involved in the nitty-gritty detail of, of education that's happening, but understand the overall impact in order to, to lead their team into knowing what has to be done in order to improve those scores. Wow. So that's, that's really mind blowing that, you know, that wouldn't even be captured in any kind of education, you know, whether it's onboarding or continuing. Um, what I hear you saying is that that just isn't something that's floated out there in any kind of in-servicing. 
It is happening in some organizations, of course, um, but it has honestly been mind-blowing to see what percentage have not. And when the Piper, um, I'm referring to them as Piper, um, the pre-implementation performance reports Mm -hmm. um, that are being sent out to agencies for value-based purchasing, the majority of the nation is struggling with the HH CAP scores. And that's why all the digging has been happening um, as to how those scores are going to be improved and the reality surfacing that many agencies just haven't had a focus on those outcomes at all. Wow, that that is such a huge, you know, chunk of of that piece of pie there. So I would imagine it's really important for um, leadership to ensure that they have a process and um, competency in like things like gap analysis and root cause analysis so that you can really dig, drill down to why is the score like this? You can't know, you can't change until you know why, right? Right. So some people get um, a little put off or nervous about a big word like gap analysis. (laughs) Who has time for that? Who can pay for that? You know, that kind of thing. Right. The reality is it's not near as big a deal as some people try to make it out. It's basically pulling apart every process in your organization from the moment the phone rings with a referral until the point that that claim is actually paid and identifying throughout the organization, every piece and part that keeps the wheels turning. And in many cases, identifying things that are being done, but being, being done in, in by multiple people mm-hmm. in, in a duplicative way that is, is not even necessary. When it comes to HH caps, the reality is um, looking at the, the gaps that exist there are again, primarily focused on making sure the field staff fully understand the content of what's being asked and what they need to do in order to get the patients to understand um, and apply primarily the terminology that's being used in those questionnaires um, throughout the care of the patient so they make that connection at the end. Right. And speaking of connections, um, you know, in addition to actually doing the education to, you know, for the field staff to say, here is the content, here are the elements, here are the words, essentially, in um, that survey, but also educating them about the impact of scores on um, the success of the organization. Uh, I can, I, I can only imagine that that has to be a big part of the education as well. For sure. Um, many field staff are um, held at bay, for lack of a better term, yeah. um, when it comes to some of those kinds of details because they don't want to overwhelm the staff. or they. Don't. But if the field staff, who are the ones primarily in front of the patient, they're the ones that are completing the OASIS data, which is another 35% chunk of the total performance score in value-based purchasing. Mm-hmm. Those field staff, if they don't understand the impact financially, outcome-wise, value-based purchasing-wise, et cetera, of, of what's happening on a day-to-day basis, how do you expect them to impact the result? And so they they have to have buy-in. I get that. Mm-hmm. And that's more and more difficult to come by, honestly, especially in the days of, of the struggles and the difficulty of finding staff, period, right. mm-hmm. um, let alone finding staff that you know have buy-in. 
But the reality is the majority of them flip a switch when they begin to realize in the back end what's actually being impacted by what they're doing on a day-to-day basis other than patient care. Obviously, they get the results of the patient care that's being provided, but how it impacts the agency overall, they want to know for the most part, and they want to know that they're making a difference. And sharing those scores and sharing those results and sharing how negatively impacted things might be if things are done a certain way or not done most prevalently um, is is very important to them. And and they do get it. And most of them truly do want to know and truly do want to make that difference. Yeah, I, I, I think they would have to know, right? You know, in order to, to really make that big connect the dots picture. I had, Absolutely. I had a, a friend, um, and she longtime hospice CFO. And, uh, when, uh, rates were getting a little bit tight for hospice a couple of years ago, she brought in this giant barrel of Twizzlers, you know, something you get at like Costco, right? And she said, here's what we get paid, right? And she started taking Twizzlers out for here's what, you know, it costs for DME. Here's what it costs for salaries. And she kept taking out and she said, this is what we have left in order to do some things that we want to do for you as a staff, et cetera, right? By doing that, by making that example, she had people coming into her office and saying, how the Twizzlers look in this month, right? So I love that. I know. I, I love that example. And it was such a simple thing, but it rung, it rung really true with the staff. And it's something that they understood. And it became like a whole thing for their organization. You know, what's the Twizzlers looking like for the quarter or the month or what have you? So I, I agree with you. I think um, really... Uh, it's important for leadership to make those connections. There is no doubt that the field staff want to be involved. They want to have a, a positive impact, again, not only on patient care, but on how the agency is um, doing overall, how they are being profitable or not profitable. Um, sometimes uh, field staff get a little touchy when you start talking about details of reimbursement and how much we get paid to care for this patient versus that patient and are in some cases um, accusing agencies of, of making care decisions based solely on reimbursement. And I don't believe that agencies are doing that for the most part. The reality is the agency has to know that they're going to be viable right? Exactly. In any business, not just healthcare, um, in order for us to continue to take care of patients, we're going to have to have the payments to take care of patients. And if every single patient we see is is a loss, then there's no way we're going to remain um, a viable agency. And so most field staff get it and want to know and want to be involved and want to understand the, the decisions that they are making, how impactful they are on the agency, sometimes negative, but hopefully primarily positive. A- absolutely. And, you know, I, I have to swing things back around to quality because that's just how I live and breathe. Um, also, <laughs> you know, the, it's, the scores really reflect back to quality outcomes. You know, you have to make those connections as well is if we're scoring low um, on caps, what are we, what are we doing wrong from a quality um, approach? 
And that sometimes can be a hard nut to crack. Sometimes it's not just as I've stated earlier that the field staff don't know the questions or don't understand the survey, et cetera. Sometimes it's truly patient quality care issues. And one of the things I encourage agencies strongly to do is their own surveys. You can't send them the actual HHCAP survey content because, of course, you have to do that through a certified vendor Mm -hmm. or a verified vendor by CMS. But you're encouraged to do your own surveys. And so my suggestion typically is for agencies to identify five patients, just five, five patients that have been a brand new start of care for that agency in the last week, have someone sit down, make phone calls to those patients, to the caregivers if necessary, and ask a a few very short questions to find out about how their care experience has already been. Obviously, you can't use the exact questions that are on that questionnaire, but you can make up your own questions that will still lead you down the path of understanding how the care is going, if the patient and patient caregivers are satisfied, and that is going to feed into the quality outcomes of the patient, as well as the results of those HHCAP surveys when those patients or caregivers decide to fill out those survey forms. What a great idea. I'm a fan of the pulse survey. You know, I I, I like to know how I'm doing um, before you have the, here it is, and it's not so good, you know? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, that pulse survey works well. So, um, Melinda, talking to our listeners out there, you know, many who are probably leaders, Um, What three things would you suggest for them to implement um, in this environment today for uh, success? So, first of all, I think that each and everyone needs to identify staff members that they are leadership or or in leadership roles over, um, if that's the correct term, um, to ensure that those leadership roles are filled with people that they trust, that they feel um, are bought into mm-hmm. what has to happen in order to make the organization successful. And sadly, if there are staff members there that truly are not, um, they need to be replaced. That may be that you have to put that person back in the field and pull in a field staff member that you know has got that gumption and you know is got the agency's best interest at heart and is ready to do whatever it takes. Without those types of people in the in the even next level of leadership role, um, it, it's it's not going to make a difference. The second thing is they have to have access to data, as we've already begun to discuss. Absolutely. <clears throat> whether that's in their EMR system or whether that's in additional software systems that they need um, to have data specifically from Oasis scrubbing softwares, um, having access to a software that is going to give them real-time value-based purchasing calculations as we begin to to move through that expansion model and the reality the entire nation is involved just simply has to happen. Um, And thirdly, um, understanding within your organization what really matters. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times with with children, you have to say to that child, what battle am I really willing to take to the end? When you have that strong-willed child, 
what battle am I really willing to go to the very end to win this battle, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's so many things, um, I believe, on a, on a day-to-day, regardless of what business it is. Um, but within home care and hospice, for sure, there are day-to-day elements that we're battling within our organizations that are not even worth the battle. Right. There are things that not even don't even really matter. So looking at what you are dealing with, what you do review, what you are holding people's feet to the fire over, do they really matter? Do those things really matter when it comes to the end? Or are there things where you have left off the table that were not involved in our day-to-day review process or our processes to ensure outcomes? And pick the things that we know are going to matter in the end, whether it's quality measures, whether it's specific value-based purchasing measures, whether it's HH CAPS data, whatever it is, and so many of the OASIS items, which we really haven't talked about today, um, impact so many things. Um, the functional items on the OASIS directly impact your reimbursement on a day-to-day basis. They directly impact outcome measures that affect your star ratings. They're going to directly impact the value-based purchasing calculations. So some of these things, you can pick one thing that impacts the entire organization throughout. But knowing what battles to fight and picking the ones that you know are going to matter in the end um, is huge. That's great advice. Really great advice. Well, um, Melinda, thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast today. We're going to wrap it up. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? I just want to thank you all for participating today. And for you leaders out there in home care and hospice, it is um, an understatement to say how much the industry appreciates your dedication to patients and taking care of them, no matter the circumstance of the world or our nation um, in this public health emergency. Um, Keep holding the course and know that um, we're here to back you and uh, patients um, will remember you for sure. Um, how they're treated, how they're cared for, and hopefully that'll show up in your HHCAP results. (laughs) That's great, Melinda. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. The CHAP team and I thank you for taking time out of your day to plug into our podcast. I know that I'm taking several pearls of wisdom away from this podcast today, and I'm hoping that you're doing the same. Stay safe and well, and thanks for all you do. (laughs) 